Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Bluey. We need to talk to someone about Bluey. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Welcome to Gotta Be Done with Kate McMahon here. And Mary Bolling. And um, today we're joined by my excitable schnoodle and uh, my beautiful godson. Yeah, <laughs> Cass is looking pretty placid compared to a schnoodle, but um, <laughs> we'll see where the podcast takes us. It could all uh, it could all be reversed. Lucky is so fluffy, he's basically like a big Ewok at the moment. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Come here, boy. So uh, last week we spoke uh, very enthusiastically about camping, but we're going back to the old episodes this week um, for an episode I think sits really well with it Mm. in shops. Yes. I love that this episode is just entirely kids. There's not an adult to be seen. They drive the whole game and there's a lot of... bluey. Wow. Gosh, Bluey is a bossy boots. I have flashbacks to my own uh, very bossy childhood when I watch this. But the, it's a game of shops in a bit of a glade. I guess it's, you know, off the back of their school or something like that. I feel like, like that. in the grounds of the... Um yeah, the, do you reckon it's a Montessori school that they're oh, going to? Oh, definitely, especially yeah. now those the new candy. episodes have dropped. Um, yeah, it's very it's very free play. And I actually saw an interview with the creator, Joe mm. Brum, saying that he um, one of his big motivations for Bluey was highlighting play because when his kids went to school, suddenly all their play was shut down and it broke oh. his heart. And, yeah, you can understand that, that you kids suddenly are in a regimented life at school when all they've been doing all day every day is playing and I think you know the story didn't say that but the kind of implication was so they investigated alternate uh, education systems oh right (laughs) and yeah I get a real Montessori feel yeah totally um, from Calypso and co um so yeah I'd say this game is being played somewhere in the vicinity of school and it is plenty of familiar characters you reckon you were bluey i was definitely honey at yeah. school yeah <laughs> oh i love honey she's oh, such a sweetie she's a sweetie but yeah you're just never quite sure of how you can <laughs> be more included i guess you're always on the periphery oh, but bluey does look after her really well i oh, feel that is yeah like as bossy as bluey is i feel like her protectiveness towards honey is really heartwarming even if she does trample over a bit sometimes (laughs) sorry honey (laughs) sorry honey I watched a channel 4 documentary a couple of years ago about the different play styles between boys and girls and I had some flashbacks to that um, actually just because the documentary was talking about how girls need rules to play whereas boys are much more prepared just to launch into play Yes. And um, that really came out in this. Oh, that's the absolute dichotomy mm. between Bluey and... Did I just say Mackenzie. dichotomy? Yeah, you <laughs> oh, did. God. Anyway, this to that a very is, intellectual level. that's what's going on between Bluey and Mackenzie. Mackenzie, um, who I think this might be her first like early appearance in the Bluey-verse, um, mm. is uh, very frustrated that Bluey wants to keep stopping the game to make all the rules of how this game of shops is going to be played, who will play what role... Mm etc and yeah it's very frustrating for Mackenzie obviously and you know pretty pretty relatable to watch. well I was thinking about the times I played with my niece and we have seen this behavior a little bit with Bluey as well I guess but my niece in particular will um 
make very clear rules about what she wants you to say and when and where you need to stand and yeah. Okay, Mackenzie, go! Finally! Ding! Hello! Wait! Ugh. We don't have anything for money! Um, so she's done this before. So in pool, Bluey was like, you know, oh no, you've got to say that I can't swim that far and things yes. like that. So we have seen this sort of uh, element of Blue's character before, but I feel like it was a real leadership thing this time. She was like, no, this is <coughs> my game. It was a struggle. Like, man, if it had been Australian politics, the knives would have been <laughs> out. And She was the Julie Bishop <laughs> of, this, of this play session. <laughs> but the characterizations I felt were really good. Like everyone had to have their own individual character. She's really thought it all through. What was going to be the money? What was going to be the, the produce? What the storyline was going to be? And that they She'd would... written to the state government to get all the appropriate license. It doesn't matter. You don't buy anything if you don't have money. Oh, yeah, that's true. How about the round ones and money and the bumpy ones the kitten treats? Okie dokie. Take these, Mackenzie. These are the dollar bucks. Okay, let's get going. Ding. Hello. Wait. She's like, oh no, the round ones are the the money, yeah. the, the bumpy <laughs> ones are the treats. I was just <laughs> that level of detail is impressive, and for the dollar bucks, I should say, I think this was bucks. the first appearance of dollar bucks. I, and I say dollar I, bucks in my day to day life now. I feel like there'll be a whole generation of children who just refer to them as dollar bucks. <laughs> And it was, it's like um, those little mentions of Australiana I really like as well because it's not in your face. Yeah. Kangaroos and koalas. It's the, the lily pillies and those little tiny things that we all just take for granted. Even the way that the light was falling through the glade with the small spores floating in yes, it. Yes, yeah. That was really well done. And the willy wagtail that um, swoops at the very start. Yep. The, oh, no, fairy wren, sorry, the imperial fairy yes, wren. Yes, yeah, that was gorgeous. You very much have a sense of place in this episode. I also love the the way the soundtrack sets it up. Well, well. <laughs> you uh, go. So, full disclosure, music history and style student mm-hmm. in, back in a long time ago, I don't even care to mention, but um, I thought it was a really cute nod that they um, used often bark. <laughs> Right. Yes. Is that what it was? I was trying to yeah. look it up, but it's hard when you don't know the name of something <laughs> yeah. to then Google yeah. that song that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that song that Can Can has danced to. No, it's um, Infernal Galop, I think it is. And okay. it was um, written in the 1800s. It was one of uh, Offenbach's first operettas, okay. uh, Orpheus in the Underworld. And, right. Um, yeah, it's sometimes called the Can Can song. Okay, because... I'd placed it to Moulin Rouge um, when in the scene in Sabine's boudoir where they're trying to tell the Duke the plot of this play that they're inventing on the run and it just gets more and more chaotic and the... The, uh, the drama and the chaos builds. Uh, yeah. yeah, very much similar very to similar how this episode this. plays out. Well, um, apparently the music, when it was first revealed in Paris, it was c- considered quite scandalous. <laughs> so I love that they've used Offenbach and then Beethoven's sim- Ninth Symphony in Bike. Yes. So yeah. are, they, are they having a slight dog-related music theme? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> of course, yeah. I hadn't picked up on that before, but I'd say that, yes, absolutely, everything is intended in this show I reckon everything very well thought through so um five stars music direction uh and (laughs) I also really liked that after all this elaborate setup Daddy hi I'm here to buy a lead for my other kitten certainly customer my assistant will get that for you here you go and here's some kitten treats for your pet thanks 
here's some dollar bucks. Yes. The game goes for about 35 seconds. Oh, <laughs> but every one of those 35 seconds, every tail is just wagging maniacally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I reckon this is the first episode where you really see that they wag their tails when they're yes. happy or it's the one where I noticed it first. And the smile on my face when they finally got to play their game and all their tails were wagging was just ear to ear. Like, I think Bon was looking at me going, Mum, are you okay? <laughs> like, what? what's the problem? But, I'm going to buy a cake. Um, <laughs> I need a leash. We sell those. <laughs> oh, Rusty, saving the day. Oh, I do love Rusty's character, yeah. Rusty, I have to say right now, he's going to grow up and be a fine young man. Yes, he's a very obliging lad. And, yeah, that he can come solid, in and solid just... Solid unit. Yeah, when, when they have a... What do you call it? Like a, a character gap? No, um, a role to be filled. Yes. He just steps on in perfectly and, yep. yeah, fills that role. What Easy, a, easy going. What an all-rounder. I know. Can fix the sink? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, so, yeah, he's one of the new favourite characters, Kiwi? I think. Oh, well, I think Mackenzie was Kiwi. Yeah, well, that's what well, I but perhaps too. Uh, there are a lot of New Zealanders living in Queensland, actually, from my experience okay. of living there. So <laughs> perhaps perhaps they've done their research and there is actually a, you know, 15% Kiwi population in Bluey, much like in Queensland. <laughs> um, right. Of course, last week we talked about camping and I think this ep kind of sets up camping very well. The fact that there was a lot of problem solving to be done as mm. personalities clashed and there were different ideas about um, who, you know, how the game should be played. Mackenzie, can you come back and play shops? What's for use? We'll never ever get to start. You just want to keep making up more and more things. That's true. When then Bluey meets Jean-Luc in camping and there's a complete, you know, communication barrier, um, she can still take another person's perspective and incorporate it in her game um, in a way that she really couldn't at the start of this episode. Yeah. So, so that's uh, that's Bluey's personal personal growth trajectory yeah. right there. She actually she <laughs> has. I think um, Bluey has learned a lot about empathy and compassion over the course of the series, and maybe that's starting to rub off as we saw. You know, um, being much more collaborative with Jean-Luc yeah. um, compared to this game where <laughs> she really rules. Yeah. Bossy Bluey in her element. And you can see how it happens as well. Like her parents are pretty obliging, all things considered. And then little Bingo does just fall into line behind Bluey. So it's no wonder she's a bit of a dictator <laughs> in her own little world. But but what kid isn't I know. really? Well, especially an older child, I think. Like, oh, I think so. Have, when you've got you your own minions power. helpfully provided by your parents, <laughs> like I had six of them. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's amazing that more people don't become – well, actually, no, pl plenty of people become dictators in later <laughs> life as well. But, but, yeah, it's not surprising all children are dictators. It's nice that it doesn't continue into later life with all of them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll be interested to see as we continue to visit the... Ah! Ooh, hello, cat. That's just the dog cast. It's all good. See, we as love we dogs. 
We love dogs. It's just like Louie. Cass turns around whenever he hears the Bluey music. Oh. <laughs> He's like just <laughs> stares at the screen. He knows where the TV is. I feel a bit bad. He is only seven months, but oh well. I guess it's the curse <laughs> of all second children. There's going to be more TV earlier. If, if iPads were available to our parents' generation, I can bet everything I own that my parents would have had one going at most times. Yeah, like, it's yeah. fair. <laughs> You know, we had Thomas videos and and things like that that were taped back to back for those afternoons where uh, everyone just needs to sit and chill. Yeah, there's early episodes of Play School that I still have memorised, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, and Young Talent Time. Ooh, yeah. we never watched that, but yeah. Um, oh, too risque for the bowling household? <coughs> probably, to be honest, no. To be fair, Johnny Young is a bit We were all pretty tone it. deaf, so, uh, <laughs> well, not all, but I definitely was. So it was probably that my parents didn't want to encourage me to sing. It would have been horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be interested to see um, as we continue to visit Bluey's potentially Montessori school if any kind of academics starts to get introduced or if it's just pure play, you know, throughout the whole season because you can see them learning. Like it's a real it's a real advertisement for alternative education, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I went through a very traditional schooling model and you actually went through a non-traditional Yeah, well, I was model. homeschooled, so, but probably not. Well, no, it was play, a lot of play, but a lot of sitting down at your desk and working through workbooks as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so traditional in some ways. Oh, no, from a fairly early age, I think. Well, from, yeah, prep age. Yeah. Let's see see how they're hitting the curriculum (laughs) and NAPLAN goals. Yeah, when are we going to see the NAPLAN episode? (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling it'd be high stress. Well, no, Calypso would never get stressed. Oh, Calypso, voiced by Megan Washington. Yes. Oh, what a honey. I love (laughs) her. I love all these celebrity cameos that keep popping up. So we've had Lane Beachley. Dave McCormack from Custard. <coughs> yeah, well, he's just Megan. holding it together. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see who else pops up. Yeah, good that um, he got an RDO this time, though, to not have to film an episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he probably needed a break. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. We will see you next week on Got to Be Done. Don't forget to follow us on all the socials. So we're at BlueyPod on Insta and at Bluey Podcast on <laughs> Twitter. And you can follow us on iTunes and Podbean. Make sure you hit subscribe so you get all our latest episodes each and every Friday. And feel free to sling us a review if if you're not too harsh. (laughs) And hey, we just want to give a big shout out to all the people who have um, messaged us or gotten in touch to say that they're enjoying the show. It really does mean so much to us, particularly to know that some of the Ludo folk are listening is really, really cool. So thank you. Um, we really appreciate it. And the Peppa Pig podcast. It's two dads <laughs> who love Peppa Pig. So, you know, there could be a Bluey Peppa podcast crossover maybe at some point. Who knows? Uh, anything is possible. We'll see you next week. Bye. Got to be done. Does the assistant get to go doop? Um, yes, but only when the shopkeeper is sick and has to stay home. Oh, okay. Are you feeling sick at all? No, I'm fine. 